Welcome to Ed Leader with your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Join Dr. Jackson for conversations and reflections on improving educational leadership from the classroom to the boardroom and beyond. Educational leadership is an ever-evolving opportunity to make a real and lasting difference in the lives of students, parents, and the community. And now, here's your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Ed Leader Podcast and the latest episode in the special series on the science of reading, What Every Ed Leader Should Know. I'm your host, Rob Jackson, and I want to thank you for spending time with me today. If you have not, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast on your podcast player and share it with your network of colleagues and friends. The Ed Leader Podcast community continues to grow worldwide because of your kind words and positive ratings. Remember, you can find show notes, links to the references that are cited during each episode, and find each of the previous regular episodes and the three special series that we have done at drrobjackson.com. Today, I'd like to give a shout out to our listeners from Centennial, Colorado. Listeners from Centennial have moved their city into the top five cities worldwide for total listens to the Ed Leader Podcast. With listeners in 49 countries and 1,335 cities, I sincerely appreciate all of the feedback I receive and would love to hear from each of you. You may find contact information for the podcast and for me at drrobjackson.com. Thank you for your support of this special series on the science of reading. You may have heard on a previous episode in this series that I've set a personal goal to dig into and break down each of the elements of reading comprehension. I'm going to do my best to peel back the rhetoric and get to the heart of what ed leaders need to know about the science of reading. Speaking of getting to the heart, let's get to it. In the first episode of this series, I spent time introducing the science of reading. If you've not listened to that episode, I'd like to encourage you to spend a few moments with it as it grounds the series and undergirds the deconstruction of reading comprehension that I'm attempting. Previous episodes in this series have focused on the strands of fluency, background knowledge, and sight word recognition. In this episode, I'm pulling out the strand of verbal reasoning. Verbal reasoning was one of my favorite skills to teach in my classroom. I'm looking forward to breaking it down here. Before focusing on this episode's topic, please let me again highlight the foundation for this series. The science of reading is undergirded by theories of how students learn to read and comprehend text. At the very basic level is the simple view of reading theory, which states that there are two elements that combine to result in reading comprehension. The simple view of reading formula states decoding times language comprehension equals reading comprehension. From this grew Scarborough's reading rope as conceived by Dr. Hollis S. Scarborough. Dr. Scarborough believed that the elements of word recognition and the elements of language comprehension all weave together into the rope of reading comprehension. Just like a true rope, the more strands present and the stronger each strand is, the stronger the rope is. 
it's surmised that if a student is weaker in one strand, the strength of the other strands can still help the student comprehend what she is reading. The strands of word recognition include decoding, phonological awareness, and sight word recognition. The strands of language comprehension include background knowledge, vocabulary, language structures, verbal reasoning, and literacy knowledge. In this new podcast series, my goal is to peel apart those individual strands of reading comprehension and build our shared understanding of what ed leaders need to know about learning to read. So, metaphorically, we grab Scarborough's reading rope and we separate the strands of word recognition and language comprehension. Within the language comprehension strands, we find the strand of verbal reasoning. Verbal reasoning involves thinking about text, solving word problems, following written instructions to come up with a solution, spotting letter sequences and cracking letter and number-based codes. Verbal reasoning assessments measure a child's ability to problem-solve and reason using words. These assessments are more a test of skill than of testing acquired knowledge. Imagine that you decide to return to college and pursue a graduate degree. Chances are the university will require you to take the GRE or graduate record examination. Because you are a great student and want to be as prepared as possible, you look up the tested elements of the GRE and there you see the verbal reasoning measure. ETS, the Educational Testing Service, says this about the verbal reasoning measure. The verbal reasoning measure of the GRE general test assesses your ability to analyze and evaluate written material and synthesize information obtained from it, analyze relationships among component parts of sentences, and recognize relationships among words and concepts. You may be asked to read, interpret, and complete existing sentences, groups of sentences, or paragraphs. A skill that is so important that it's tested for entry into graduate degree programs must be worthwhile and must be worth diving into. Stephen McConkie, a retired head teacher and author from Belfast, describes verbal reasoning as, in a nutshell, thinking with words. As the name suggests, he says, it's a form of problem solving based around words and language. An example would be asking students to look at a list of words that include car, truck, van, donut, tractor, butterfly, and then asking the students to pick out the words that do not belong with the others. In this example, students would recognize that car, truck, van, and tractor belong together because they have wheels and their vehicles. Donut and butterfly clearly do not belong to that grouping. This example of verbal reasoning is problem-solving using words. Another example would be asking students to look at the word together and point out all the words they can find hidden in the word. In the word together, I see the words to, get, her, and the. The main principle is to test a student's ability to solve problems based on written instructions. Students tend to do well in verbal reasoning if they have strengths in two other language comprehension strands, background knowledge and vocabulary. As Mr. McConkie says, a good general knowledge is also needed for verbal reasoning tests. Even if your child understands the question and can follow the written directions, 
If one of the possible words in the answer is unfamiliar, they may trip up. Verbal reasoning skills help students develop qualities such as perception, understanding, and solving complicated subject questions, empathy, and logical reasoning, as well as ensuring they have a great vocabulary. Verbal reasoning pushes students to think closely about words. It involves problem solving around words, thinking about text, following written instructions and deciphering a solution, understanding letter sequences, and decoding letter and number base codes. RISE Arkansas, which is R period, I period, S period, E period, RISE Arkansas is the reading initiative for student excellence from the Arkansas Department of Education. Developed in response to reading legislation in the state, the first of three goals of the initiative is to sharpen instruction and strengthen instruction. RISE Arkansas provides a wealth of science of reading resources on their website. That website is linked in the show notes for this episode at drrobjackson.com. The Arkansas Department of Education defines verbal reasoning as the ability to understand what you read or hear. It includes drawing conclusions from limited information and developing an understanding of how new ideas connect to what you already know. According to Evelyn Reese with the Great Word House Institute for Orton-Gillingham Educators, reading is not restricted to merely decoding and comprehending the words on a page. More often than not, just as in spoken language, the reader must look beyond the words to infer meaning from what is being said, what is not being said, and how it is being said or not said. A reader must be able to grasp when words are being used literally or figuratively. For instance, a reader must use verbal reasoning skills to understand that the supermarket was a zoo likely means that the supermarket was like a zoo because it was noisy, chaotic, and crowded, and not that it was actually a zoo. In a similar vein, we often use words as part of an idiomatic phrase, You may be familiar with the Amelia Bedelia children's books and her infamous literal interpretations of commands given to her, like dressing the turkey or drawing the curtains. By talking with students about the meaning of words, phrases, tones of voice, and even body language, and about what they're observing in the world, current events, social interactions, books you're reading together, etc., you're helping students develop and practice their verbal reasoning skills. As you consider the verbal reasoning strand of Scarborough's rope, perhaps a quick shorthand for what it is is to simply think of it by two well-known examples of verbal reasoning, those being inference and metaphor. Both require a reader to think beyond the words they're reading to truly understand the meaning the author is attempting to convey. You may recall that I referenced Dr. Timothy Shanahan in the Ed Leader Science of Reading episode on sight word recognition. He has stated, students should be taught reading strategies as a part of their reading comprehension instruction, but those strategies need to be more purposeful and dynamic than is often envisioned. We need to promote a desire to understand. The fundamental basis of successful strategy use needs to be an acceptance of the premise that we are trying to know the information in the text that we read and that such understanding will not always come easily. When that is the case, we need to make an effort to accomplish it. With some texts, reading and thinking about the information may be all that is needed. In other cases, we have to try to solve the problems. Those problems may be linguistic, like breaking down a sentence or looking up a definition. They may be organizational, 
like trying to use the author's plan to connect ideas as appropriate, or conceptual, like connecting the ideas with prior knowledge. So we need to be flexible and responsive. Verbal reasoning is the ability to understand what you read or hear. It enables readers to draw conclusions from limited information and understand how new ideas connect to what the student already knows. It is truly a skill that is used in daily life. Issa Mars is a speech pathologist and the executive director of the Where I Can Be Me program in New York. She says, Verbal reasoning can be defined as the ability to understand and reason using words. This skill enables us to use our language skills in order to negotiate and explain within our environment. Think about our day-to-day -day lives as adults. We are constantly asked to explain our reasons for doing something. It may be while making a return at a store, hiring a handyman to help in our home, dealing with a discrepancy on a restaurant bill, or even a discussion with a friend or a family member. Our ability to understand the possible outcomes and then use our language in order to negotiate our way to the one that is preferred is not only a life skill, it's also a skill that sets us apart from other species. Let's pause for just a moment. The executive director of a highly successful program that helps students develop and build upon social skills like making friends and maintaining relationships is promoting the teaching of verbal reasoning as a life skill beyond being an important component of teaching reading comprehension. In working with children, she says that she's looking for their ability to comprehend the words, infer the message, and then use their language in order to navigate the situation. Verbal reasoning involves listening and reading. Demonstrating verbal reasoning requires speaking and writing. Verbal reasoning, one of four basic cognitive reasoning skills, encompasses almost all learning tasks considered part of a formal education. Even mathematics, which is a nonverbal skill, requires some verbal reasoning because it's generally taught through oral or written instruction. When most people discuss learning, they're talking about the ability to use verbal reasoning skills. When children first begin to ask their parents what I think might be the most used question of childhood, why? They're using and growing their verbal reasoning skills, skills that will be taught from elementary school through college and assessed on the SAT and the GRE. To help students grow in their verbal reasoning abilities, teachers may wish to consider the following instructional activities. Activities like playing word games and quizzes, for example, spotting the odd one out from a list of words, or giving a synonym or antonym for a word, or solving anagrams. Instructional activities like encouraging students to do crosswords and word searches and play games like Hangman. Instructional activities like playing word-based family games like Scrabble and Boggle. Or setting spelling challenges, focusing particularly on commonly misspelled words like there, there, and there. Homophones are words that sound the same that are spelled differently like fair and fair or activities like taking students to museums, shows, and exhibitions to build their general knowledge. Verbal reasoning is clearly an important skill, and I certainly understand why Dr. Scarborough listed it as a separate strand in her reading rope.
Thank you again for hanging with me as we pull apart the strands of Scarborough's reading rope to understand what ed leaders need to know. I'll keep pulling out the strands. Please keep sharing your feedback on Twitter at Dr. underscore Rob underscore Jackson through email or by commenting directly on the show notes page at drrobjackson.com. I hope you enjoyed our time together. I am interested in your thoughts. Please let me know what you think, and if you think it has been helpful, please share the episode and podcast with your network of friends and colleagues. Thank you for spending time with me today, and thank you for all that you do for every student, every teacher, and every staff member. You are making a difference. If no one else has told you, I want you to know that I believe in you. Good day. Thank you for listening to the Ad Leader Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and consider leaving a review with five stars on Apple Podcasts so that we may continue to grow the Ad Leader community. We hope that you have enjoyed your time with Dr. Jackson. Until next time.